Welcome to Food Friday Leftovers, a podcast about all the goodies left over from Food Friday. I'm Dave Hopper. And I'm Ashley Kinsey. Tune in each week as we cover culinary topics such as food trucks, local food, pizza, veggies, beer, and wine. You hungry yet? Huh, I'm always hungry. Well, on that note, Ashley, tell us what's in the fridge this week. Oh my gosh, it's beer! Today we're talking with Greg Shanice, the marketing director of Schmaltz Brewing. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you guys. And thank you for bringing some of your Schmaltz beers with you. Well, that's really my pleasure to, <laughs> to spread the uh, spread the love of Schmaltz uh, across the country and across the capital region. And across the galaxy. And across we'll the galaxy. Find out. Yes, yes, very good. <laughs> ah, foreshadowing. Dun, dun, dun. So tell us how you come up with some of these names of your beers that we have in front of us. They're so awesome. Well, the big thing with Schmaltz, we have three pillars that we really uh, stand by with the whole company, and it's community, quality, and shtick. So uh, when we talk about shtick, that's really where the designs come from, where the names come from for everything that we do. Almost every single one of the beers that we make has some kind of tongue-in-cheek reference into it. Um, one of the ones that we have actually right in front of us that's open is called Funky Jubilation. It's delicious. Um, thank you. It is a <laughs> uh, barrel-aged, sour, monster, full flavor. you got to be ready for it uh, before you have it. You'll see a lot of people saying, well, you know, I like sours. I like this kind of stuff. It's like, well, different kind of sour. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's absolutely delicious. Actually, just one uh, an award for being a top uh, barrel-aged sour uh, in the country. So it's absolutely fantastic, just like the rest of our stuff. But we had fun with the name. We had fun with the design. It's a guy with uh, Star of David uh, <laughs> disco glasses and a big afro on the label. It's Funky Jubilation, spelled J-E-W, uh, Belation. It's, you know, we have some fun. And then also even our Slingshot American Craft Lager. It is just a, a good craft lager, really high-end from the lager scene, and that's something you don't see a lot of craft breweries doing is making a lager. Yeah, and uh, I'm a big lager fan, so I appreciate that. Because a lot of times you go somewhere that's craft brew heavy on the menu. Yes. It's like 70% IPAs. Yes. Now a couple sours are making their way in, and then the lagers may be one. <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing. The reason that we called it Slingshot, though, is because who traditionally makes lagers? You can think of some of the bigger... Breweries, Correct. Miller, Coors, uh, all of those, they're making lagers. Well, this is David's slingshot that we're taking a shot at Goliath <laughs> at. So gotcha. this is the little guy, this is the little David, who's taking a shot at Goliath with our slingshot lager. So we try to do that with everything that we do. Even the Star Trek brews that we did. We didn't go with Romulan Ale or Klingon Blood Wine or anything <laughs> like that, which is more the traditional thought of what a beer would be from the Star Trek universe. Mm -hmm. We went with the trouble with Tribbles. Uh, and we did that because of the ingredients that are within it. So the top quality that we do with all of our beers complements the shtick that we put on the label and with the name. How do these meetings go when you try to come up with a name for a beer? What do you mean? Oh, the meetings? Yeah. It's basically, <laughs> it's, would this be funny? Let's try this. Let's go with this. I don't know about that. Let's play with this. I mean, it's it's just a lot of give and take. We have a very creative staff, which we're very lucky to have. And, you know, you bounce ideas off of each other. It's, is this good? Is that not good? Is this too much? Is that, eh, eh? I mean, you can see from some of the other things that we do that we tend to have some fun. Um, mm -hmm. In the next couple of months, you're actually going to see our holiday gift boxes coming out into the market. Did you guys see them last year by any chance? 
I did not. So they're called shtick in a box. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, so as you can see, I mean, it's tongue in cheek. It's play on words. It's a lot of fun. It's pop culture. Yeah. It's a great way to kind of get somebody's attention when they first see it. Mm-hmm. But the great thing about it is in the back of it, which is actually the beer, the beer is so high quality that it makes it even better. Because now it's like, oh, I don't just need to buy it because it's funny. I'm going to mm-hmm. buy it because it's good. But it's also nice that the names and the designs all kind of encompass what to expect with the flavor. Yeah, kind of. You know, it, it's really interesting how that happens. Yeah, uh, Funky Jubilation is definitely what you would call funky. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it is super robust. I mean, it is really, really complex. It's very funky. But it's also incredibly delicious uh, for its style. Uh, the way that we prepare it is really unique, and people love it. When we brew this fresh, we can't keep it. People just go for it. It's awesome. So how do you brew it? You were telling us a little bit. So uh, this is a very different way of doing a barrel-aged sour, where we actually take seven of our beers, seven of our different beers, and we put them all together into one beer. Uh, So in this one that we have in front of us, we use Jubilation 15 Messiah Bittersweet Lenny's RIPA, which is a rye India Pale Ale, Reunion, Origin, Rejuvenator, and Death of a Contract Brewer. <laughs> all of a, a piece of all of those beers is actually within this little 12-ounce bottle, um, and then barrel-aged sour, and it's super, super unique. You're not going to find something like this everywhere. That reminds me of being a kid and going to the soda machine and getting yeah. every single soda in one cup. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> oh, I wonder what Dr. Pepper and Coke taste like. Yeah, and you were saying even the barrels were significant because of what type of barrels they were. Oh, yeah. I mean, within the brewery itself, uh, we have different barrels from bourbon barrels to rye whiskey barrels, traditional whiskey barrels, tequila barrels, wine barrels, and then our souring barrels. So with the souring process, you want to make sure that the barrels you use for that are nowhere near the other ones because there's bacteria. Mm. Uh, That's actually what causes the souring. So you want to make sure that that stays far away from (laughs) everything else to make sure there's no contaminations. Mm -hmm. Um, And luckily, we have a fantastic biologist on staff who actually checks all our stuff to make sure there's no imperfections, no microbes, no anything that shouldn't be within it to make any of our beers uh, not come out as top quality as we need them to be. Awesome. That makes me feel a lot better about trying them all today. <laughs> so who do you get to design the labels for all the beers? Do you uh, have one firm you work with or do you work got, with a bunch of people? We have got the uh, super talented Mr. Matt who uh, has been with the company for a very, very long time. He designs all of our stuff. Wow. Um, he is uh, out of Brooklyn and uh, he's been with the company, I almost think, from almost the very beginning. So almost 20 years and he and uh, owner, Jeremy Cowan, have a great relationship where it's basically, hey, I've got this brew, this thing, this idea. And he's like, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> and he just cranks stuff out, and it's amazing. But, yeah, he handles all of our graphic art work. Wow. From a marketing director standpoint, to have a creative director who is this in tune with the product and, and what we're trying to do, it's absolutely awesome. Yeah, that makes a big difference. Absolutely. So who was the first one to put the seven beers in one? Oh, I I don't know what the history of This is, the one we have in front of us is from 2014. I think we've been doing this for, man, I think it's been about five or six years that we've been doing uh, a version of Funky Jubilation. Each year is a little bit different, and then as you can see, it stays 
as delicious as it always mm-hmm. does, uh, as long as you keep it dry, cool, and out of the light. It's always our yearly blend. It's always something a little bit different. Um, but I don't know where it all began. I'm, I mean, just like anything, a lot of the stuff begins with an idea uh, that our owner would have of, hey, let's try this and see what happens. And then our fantastic brewers in-house you know, make it come to fruition. And we're really lucky to have really talented, really uh, world-class brewers within the brewery up in Clifton Park. Let's get to the Star Trek beer. Woo! <laughs> That is selling like hotcakes. Mm-hmm. Where did this originate from? Our uh, distributor in Canada started something called the Federation of Beer. Very, very big Star Trek guy. Very big, uh, big fan. And he actually was able to secure the rights from CBS to do Star Trek beers. Fully wow. licensed Star Trek beers. There are two breweries in North America that are currently making fully licensed Star Trek beers. One in Canada, <laughs> one in the United States. We happen to be the one in the United States. Uh, so right now we have released two Star Trek labeled beers. The first one was a Vulcan ale called the Genesis Effect. It was a red ale, um, had a artistic depiction of a uh, Vulcan character on the front. Uh, and then this one that we just released is in recognition of the 50th anniversary of Star Trek, the original series. Uh, so it's the golden anniversary ale, The Trouble with Tribbles. Within the episode Trouble with Tribbles, they are trying to transport and protect a certain kind of grain that is a hybrid of rye and wheat. Well, we don't have the uh, ability to travel into the future yet (laughs) to get that particular grain, but luckily there is a grain that is a hybrid of rye and wheat that exists today. And we actually used it within this beer. So one of the things we did for this uh, with our brewers is we challenged them to make beer recipes that used five hops, five malts, and was 5% alcohol. So it's very drinkable, very sessionable, but also has a lot of flavor notes into it. It's absolutely delicious. But the whole Star Trek angle, you know, just last week we were at Comic-Con for the world premiere of Star Trek Beyond. So they did a outdoor IMAX showing of it, and we happened to be there with the beers, uh, which was great. And uh, our national sales manager and regional rep for Southern California were actually uh, at one of the locations that was selling this beer in San Diego and just fielding interview calls and and tons of hype uh, all about it here locally. Uh, we had bottles of this available in our tasting room right off exit 10. And uh, we released the beer on a Wednesday when we first opened up for the week. By Saturday, completely gone. Uh, we, Did you guys have to save yourself some? We tried. <laughs> uh, there, there is is not, this the last remaining bottle? <laughs> it, it very well could be in the 518 in the Capital yeah. District. We did distribute this out to the uh, 35 states that we currently are actually distributed in. So you can find it in other places. But here locally, that's it. Uh, we do have kegs of it uh, in our tasting room. So if you wanted to try the beer, come on up, grab a growler, grab a pint. But in terms of the bottles, which is what the collectors right. are looking for, sorry. Um, <laughs> fear not. We do have the next version coming out in the next couple of weeks. It's called Voyage to the Northeast Quadrant. And same thing. We will have that here locally and in retail locations. And again, putting that out across all our distribution points. 
we have another podcast called Retconned, and I keep thinking about it as you're talking because it's a podcast of assorted geekery. <laughs> and I can, I'm pretty sure. And this beer is going to the host of that podcast, actually. <laughs> it is. Yes. Just thinking about that, too. And anybody who may be interested, check out Retconned as well on WAMCpodcast.org. And I think we have a couple more beers, and we want to do a taste test. Sure. It's up to you to. guys, whatever you guys want to do. So I'm I hear somebody is a lager fan. So Most let definitely. Us, let us break out the slingshot. What did we try? Um, so what you court? what you have uh, is our Hanukkah in Kentucky in July. <laughs> so that is the uh, bourbon barrel age dark ale uh, version of our Hanukkah, Hanukkah, Hanukkah past the beer. So what you're about to have is our slingshot American lager with a little bit of your leftover funky jubilation in here. Yeah, it's okay. It'll be a little, won't be too bad. Would you like to try some as well? Sure. So it has got all the characteristics of a lager, but a, oh, nice. l- yeah, a little bit more of a crisp to yes, it. Uh, there's a back-end citrusy flavor that is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, this it's is, nice. It's one of our uh, really good. top sellers uh, in general. Definitely uh, a good summertime beer. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very much uh, more of a summertime beer. But it has more, yeah, like you said, there's more something else there rather than summer beers, which are might as well be lemonade. Yeah, <laughs> no, and that's the thing. Like, yeah, we don't make any kind of like shandy or anything like that. It would be a very good summer beer. So would our uh, hot mana, our traditional IPA, because I mean, our tagline with that beer is literally, uh, "You've tried the rest, now try ours." <laughs> IPA, like you said, IPAs. When you go to a craft beer bar, that's what you're gonna see. You're gonna right. see IPA, IPA, IPA. Great. There's a lot of good IPAs out there, and ours is right up there with the best. Uh, again, it's an award-winning beer, but you know the Slingshot is something that you're starting to see craft breweries get into a little bit more with the uh, lager styles for the craft, just because it wasn't something that people did. It takes a little bit longer to brew it, but it's absolutely fantastic. I have a group of friends that goes out and for a beer once in a while and they can get away. They seem to like IPA sours and stuff, and they put their noses up to lagers mm-hmm. and such. Is that another issue? Well, that's the thing. I mean, we're trying to change that conversation because that's the thing. Traditionally, a lager, you're going to be looking for something that is very mass-produced. It's a very traditional style that you know you probably kind of grew up seeing. You might have started drinking in college. <laughs> Stuff like that, but it's never gotten the same kind of respect that IPA has. But lager itself is actually one of the two main segments of all beer. Beer is broken down into two segments, ales, lagers. Well, lagers is a big segment there. So why not start to play with it a little bit, try to make it a little bit more unique? I think you'll see more and more of it coming. Great. Um, But yeah, this this is our big shot at Goliath is trying to have our lager stand on, you know, at the same table with them. Yeah. Well, us lager drinkers appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> well, I guess I'm a lager drinker. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No. Do you guys take away beers after a while? We have a core four of beers that we're always going to have either in bottle or on draft. It is our Hot Mana IPA, the Slingshot American Lager, our Messiah Nut Brown, which we can try in a little bit, and our Bittersweet Lenny's Ripa which is a rye IPA, um, named after Lenny Bruce. Uh, but those are four beers that we're always going to have, and then we do a bunch of seasonal releases. Right right before us here, we have two of our seasonal releases in our Reunion Ale 16, which was just bottled this week, and our Hanukkah in Kentucky Double Dark Ale, uh, which we just released last week. 
So we do a bunch of that, and then we do sometimes skip a couple of years to make things. Uh, we make a pomegranate strong ale called Origin, which we don't make all the time. Uh, but when we do make it, it flies. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's absolutely delicious. Uh, it's a really beautifully balanced beer. But that's kind of stuff we do. Uh, sometimes we'll take the uh, rye IPA and we'll age it in rye whiskey barrels. Uh, that's every other year we do that. Um, but the seasonals, what's nice is when it's gone, it's gone. Sometimes we'll keep some for aging purposes, things that don't sell we might put into a barrel or we might just keep it in our cellars um, and put it in as a vintage. Uh, then yeah. you actually can come into our tasting room and see a wall of some of our vintage stuff that is still for sale and still extremely drinkable. It's a great place to come to get some really rare beers. When do you start the seasonal? Because I think Sam Adams, I used to be a big Sam Adams yep. drinker, and they start their seasonal so early now that you can be drinking winter lager and it'll be yep. 75 degrees outside. I mean, we're not, <laughs> I actually think Oktoberfest is actually out on shelves, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. It was, I, my birthday is August 15th, and there was a time <laughs> when I would say, oh, I really want an Oktoberfest yeah. for my birthday, and now it's out in July. So yeah. It's ridiculous. We, other than our Hanukkah Hanukkah beer, not all of our beers are, are seasonal, traditional seasonal beers. Right. Um, I mean, the uh, reunion ale that we have right here, that's made with chocolate and vanilla and cinnamon and cocoa nibs and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's got a really heavy fall feel to it, but it's actually a much lighter beer than you would assume it to be with all of that in there. Mm. Um, so it's absolutely delicious, but what you probably consider fall, we just released this week. Uh, I mean, it's so we don't really fall into that. Uh, like I said, the Hanukkah Hanukkah one, obviously, we released that during the holidays, uh, and we do have one called Death. So, <laughs> so what was it, the meaning around that one? That's intimidating. So, well, the original name started Death of a Contract Brewer. So for 17 years, Schmaltz Brewing Company was what's called a contract brewer. So what that means is we have ingredients, we have recipes. What we don't have is equipment to a brew on. So we actually rented equipment from old Saratoga Brewing in Saratoga Springs. So when we stopped doing that, we opened our own facility three years ago. We marked it by making <laughs> Death of a Contract Brewer. Uh, it is a hoppy black ale, and we released that, obviously, during the fall months and, and stuff like that. And we host big Halloween, Day of the Dead parties with it because the label is actually a sugar skull. Um, so we have some fun with it. But, you know... We don't make necessarily like a winter warmer right. or a like a traditional fall beer. We don't really do kind of stuff like that. We're a little bit different with the uh, seasonal releases. So that we, kind of frees you up a little bit. Yeah. You don't well, have to be so rigid. Every year. And that's the thing. I mean, like this Hanukkah in July, I mean, that's something you'd absolutely re-release in the winter and would absolutely flow. Just yeah, because, it sounds more like of a, a darker right. winter. But the big question is, well, why does there always have to be Christmas in July? Why can't there be Hanukkah in July? Very true. See? <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's that tongue-in-cheek, play-on-words thing. But yeah, it's the seasonal release stuff, it's it's great because people really look forward to it. Mm -hmm. uh, when you bring back a traditional one that people like, kind of, I mean, like Sam Adams Oktoberfest, like you said, you know, you always, you were looking forward to that on your birthday, like, ah, I wish I could get some. Uh, and you're seeing that more and more where people are like, well, I really want it. I'm like, okay, well, yeah. here it is in July. 
It's our know, culture. It's, we can't wait. Yeah, just a oh, month. I mean, it's <laughs> you know, I, I you already see back to school stuff at any kind of uh, store these days. Or I might as well just leave it all out from yeah, now yeah, on. Pretty just, much. I just went back to school. Shopping. Put a holiday section and just kid. put the Christmas in there and forget it. Oh, that, uh, that'll be three weeks away. So yeah. Oh, it, yeah, it's very interesting to see how it's picking up earlier and earlier. Uh, yeah. You know, well, that's just the only thing that gets on my nerves when. It's, you know, September, and there's holiday stuff yeah. in the stores. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. The Halloween stuff will be out shortly. I know, right? Oh, yeah. Drives me nuts, but what can I do? Exactly. Okay, so we asked you for a funny story earlier. Did you have time to think of one? Uh, the funny story, the one I like to do, is based on the beer I just pulled out, which is our uh, Wishbone Session Double IPA. Um, you might have to have a sip while you're telling the story. <laughs> here. So... You know, one of the things that I do as the marketing director is I'm always scouring the internet and have alerts set up when anybody mentions us or writes a review about us right. and stuff like that so I can repurpose it. So an individual had uh, written a review about this beer at a, in a story format, and uh, it was how he had bought the a case of it and brought it to a family reunion. Very traditional uh, Jewish family. It was his grandfather, his father whole family reunion. They're sitting around the table, having some of these beers, just having a good time. You know, laughing, joking, ah, oh, this beer is so good, I'm so happy to have it. And then they stood up, <laughs> and they started to get really worried. They're like, oh, I feel dizzy. Oh, I, I don't, something's cloudy, I must be sick. There must be something wrong with the beer. <laughs> well, the actual problem was, they didn't realize that it's 8% alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> So they weren't dizzy, they weren't cloudy, they were buzzed. And <laughs> that it's to me that speaks of how good that beer is because it is a double IPA. Don't get me wrong, that is 8% all day long. Uh it's full flavored, it's full bodied, but the difference is it is that is so smooth. Yes. When you think of when you think double IPA, you think really heavy hop note right up front. And sometimes that turns people off. Some people like it. Some people really like that hop flavor. Mm -hmm. Some people are like, mm, you know, I like my beer a little bit smoother. Mm -hmm. This balances those out so perfectly that they couldn't tell they were drinking something that strong. Well, and I agree because I'm trying it. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying it right now. And as I'm drinking it, it is, it's quite smooth. But then the aftertaste is where you taste the hops. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but... You know, I give a lot of credit to our exceptional brewers for coming up with this kind of a recipe because not only is it that strong for the double IPA and that smooth, we have a triple IPA that is just oh, wow. as smooth, and that comes in at 11%. <laughs> I mean, it's there, and I always warn people, I'm like, just be careful. Uh, I did a tasting event uh, in Albany my second day on the job, and you know, I I knew all about Schmaltz before I had started there, and so I knew the beers and, and stuff like that, so I was able to do it. But, you know, I had the triple IPA with me, and they'd say, well, what do you have? And i go, well, I've got Slingshot, I've got an IPA, and then I have a triple IPA. They're like, well, I don't want the triple IPA. I don't like that much hops. I'm like, how about this? How about I give you a really small taste of it, and then you tell me what you like? And every single time, can I have more? <laughs> And it's like, yep, but you have to Just be careful. <laughs> Just be careful with it. Uh, it's amazing to me. You know, we talk about the shtick and, and how funny it is mm -hmm. with the labels and all that stuff. That means nothing 
if the beer inside the bottle isn't as high quality as it is. Because they'll buy it once right. for the yep. shtick. You'll right. buy it once because it's funny. But you won't buy it again. Yep. And that's what we want. We need you to come back and try it again. Not because it's funny, but because it's good. I think that's a good place to end right there. Yeah, great. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming. coming in, Greg. Thank you, guys. That was Greg Shanice, the marketing director of Schmaltz Brewing in Clifton Park, New York. This has been Food Friday Leftovers. I'm Ashley Kinsey. And I'm Dave Hopper. Be sure to check out Vox Pop Food Friday every Friday at 2 p.m. on WAMC Northeast Public Radio. Our producer is Jessica Blaustein Marshall. Our theme is Beach Disco by Dougie Wood. Food Friday Leftovers is a production of WAMC Northeast Public Radio. And tune in next week to see what else we find in the fridge. Thank you.